Now, Romans chapter 8, man, this is, it is so powerful when Paul, I look at Paul's testimony. And Paul is sharing, sharing with us how he got to Romans chapter 8. So when you go back and look at Paul's testimony, Romans chapter 8 is the victory chapter. But he had to get through some things. He had to learn some things that God had done in his life. And he gave them to us. So in Romans chapter number 8, uh, starting with verse 1, we're going to read four verses out of the King James Version. We're going to come to this camera over here. Romans chapter 8, four verses out of the King James Version. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. See, he's given us his testimony from the law of sin and death. See, Paul was a man on the law. So he said what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin. So he told you what he came in there for, for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So he's telling you what happened to him. It was the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made him free from the law of sin and death. Remember what they told Paul. Let me show you something. I gave you this this morning, Acts 22 and verse 14. Let's show you what they told Paul. Ananias, remember Ananias was a person under the law. And remember what they told Paul. Acts chapter number 22. Acts chapter 22. Watch what they told Paul. This is why Paul said he was deceived. All right. Acts chapter 22 and verse 14. He told Paul, the God of our fathers has chosen you. That thou should know his will. And see that just one. And shall hear the voice of his mouth. And after that, he said to Paul, thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now he put, a, he put his little bit in it. And now why tarest thou? Arise and be baptized. See, that, that was the norm, see, under the Jews' religion. So he told Paul, arise and be baptized. Why? And wash away your sins. That's what he told Paul. When you water baptized, you're going to wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. All right. Now, when I get to Romans chapter 7, you're going to realize that Paul's going to say he was deceived. And the reason he was deceived, he was thinking his sins was washed away. Now, think about what I'm saying. Think about what people are doing when they baptize with water. They are telling you that when they baptize with water, it's washing away your sins. And I'm going to show you in the word how Christ got rid of your sins. Matter of fact, we know, don't we? Because we know we have the cross. He died on the cross for our sin. But how did he get rid of them? See, that, that's what you got to understand. He died to pay for them. But then he had to get rid of them. And the Bible told you in Romans chapter 8, in the body of his flesh, 
in the body of his flesh. He died to put away sin. So we have to show you how did he do it? How did he put this thing away? That's what the cross was all about. So what I want to do today is I want to pick up where we left off this morning and we want to get to Romans chapter 6. Now one thing I said to you last week in Matthew 6, 24. Let's go there to King James. I told you something in Matthew 6, 24 last week. I don't want you to forget. This is what Jesus kept saying to them that people think you can do today. Now the key word is you cannot. He's going to give you two things that you cannot do. I'm going to give you two. But people are still trying to prove God wrong. God keeps telling you, you cannot do this. You know, there are some things you just cannot do. And this is one of them. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, I wish you get that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. We read now the King James Version. He told you what you cannot do. And yet people still trying to prove him a lie. Matthew 6, 24 says, you cannot. Now he's talking to the Jewish believer when he said this. But we can all use this in our life. No man, that ought to include us, right? Can serve two masters. For either he would hate the one and love the other, or else he would hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now let's read that out to NLT. NLT going to tell you what mammon is. See, we're we going we gonna to show you, we're we going to take you somewhere. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, we're going to also show you that it's the law. So when I go to Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 19, I'm going to show you it's also the law. But let's show you what this man says. He says, nobody can serve two masters. If you hate the one, you love the other. You're going to be devoted to one and you're going to despise the other. You cannot serve God and, and be enslaved to money. So you got to understand something. To be enslaved to something means it is first on your list. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Amen. I'm trying to show you when somebody is, when you're serving, you are worshiping. And that's why I say you can't serve two masters. When you're serving and worshiping, you're trusting. That's why, that's why when I went back to Ephesians, go to Ephesians chapter number, uh, number one, in verse 13 and 14. Because if you're really worshiping God, you trust in him. That's why God said in another place where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So you have to understand that to serve the Lord means he has to be first in your life. So you, got, you don't want to put yourself in a position. See, my wife and I, I'll never forget this when my wife and I, we got convicted by the word about our giving in the house of the Lord when we was first coming into Christ, when we first came into the Lord. And then I told my wife, I said, we got to do something. And I told her, I said, this is what we'll do. We'll start off giving what we can. 
I never forget that. Remember that? I said, we can't afford to do that now. I mean, we're raising our children, paying our mortgage, and both of us working, and what they're paying us, we just, we just can't do it. I said, but we're going to start off paying what we can. And that's what I said to the Lord. I told the Lord, I, said, I, can't, I can't afford to do it right now. I'm being honest with you, but I'm going to start paying what I can. So we start off dollar, five dollars here, got to ten dollars. Then we got so one time we were able to pay twenty dollars. So look at us. See, God will meet you where you're at. All right, let, let's show you that. Ephesians chapter one. Because when you when you believe in when you believe that word, they put that word in there, trusting. Because that's what you're doing when you say you trust in God. Ephesians chapter number one and verse 13. That's on the on the uh, King James. It says, in whom also you trusted. Now, he's telling you you trusted, but it was after you heard the word. The word of truth. After you heard the word of truth. And then he told you the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after you believed. See, so you heard, you believe, and you trusted. And then it says, and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That means that God saved your soul. He gave you the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 13, he told you the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. Otherwise, it's not all. It is just the beginning of your inheritance. The down payment of your inheritance. By having the Holy Spirit guarantees you to get everything else. Can somebody say amen? You get everything else God have if you have the Holy Spirit. All right. And then it says, which is the honest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. All right. Now, that's what God said. He told you, number one, you cannot serve God in mammon. Then, another thing, let's go to Matthew 12, 25. This is another thing he said to them that you cannot do. Matthew chapter 12. I want to just go on to the NLT in that. Uh, Matthew 12, 25. No, 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 not the NLT. The, the King James Version, I'm sorry. Matthew 12, 25. We'll read that out of the King James only. Because he's going to tell you about every house, every city, I'm sorry, every kingdom, every city, every house. Say that with me. Every kingdom, every, kingdom, every, city, every city, every house. All right, now watch what he said about it. And Jesus knew their thoughts. Now, remember, Jesus was telling them about the, about the kingdom of God and his power. And they was talking about him casting out devils by Beelzebub. See, they were trying to say, you get your power from Satan. All right. But Jesus said here to him, every kingdom, he knew their thoughts, first of all. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Now, think about what he's saying. Every kingdom, every city, every house, and that's who you are, a house, divided against itself is brought to desolation. So we are talking about, uh, once again today, how Christ freed us, made us free from sin and death. How Christ made us free from sin and death. Right, now... Matthew is reminding you, you cannot do this. 
because this is not good for you. He said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself, watch this, shall not stand. Now, why did I, why did I believe God gave me that? Because once God gave me Matthew 6, 24, then he said that to me. He said, son, when a house, a city, a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. So you have to understand why Paul, go to Ephesians 16, I'm headed to my message. Why did Paul tell you when you have done all to stand, stand? See, the key is, the reason why a lot of us not standing, because we are divided in our own house. We got Christ in us, the hope of glory, and we would not let him be Lord in his own house. See, the house is not yours no more. We, we, we got to get some things clear. This ain't your house no more. I'm speaking on the behalf of my Lord. This ain't your house no more. He bought you out. It's his house. Now, that's what happened. Here it is. God comes in his house that he's paid for. And he's moved in. And he, he having a problem with the tenant. And that's you. You don't want him to be Lord in his own house. The house that he died, paid for, moved in. Now he got a problem with you want to run the house. How many can see what I'm saying? All right. Now that, that's what happened. That's what he talked. That means the house divided. The soul want to do one thing. The spirit want to do something else. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city house is divided against itself. Shall not stand. So when the apostle Paul answered the question, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Let's go there. See, everything that Jesus talked about, Paul, God gave us the answer through the Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Remember, every house, every kingdom, every house, every city divided against itself cannot stand. So when the soul man, in, the soul man does not obey the spirit of God in you, it divides the house. It weakens the house. So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul said this before he left. Finally. After he wrote five books in Ephesians, he said, finally, on the sixth chapter, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, how am I going to do that if I'm divided? See, you got to, if you see what he's saying, the spirit of God cannot be all that he want to be in your house because the house is divided. You want to do one thing and the Lord want to do something else. Then he said, put on the whole arm of God. Why is he saying put on the whole arm of God? How many know what it means when he said put on the whole arm of God? Romans 13, 14, right? Let, let's put that up there for the, for the class. Romans 13, 14. We're coming right back to, to Ephesians 6. Romans 13, 14. This morning, God told us to put on the arm of light. Romans 13, 12. We're not going back there. Romans 13, 14 is what we want now. So if I'm going to put on the whole arm of God, who am I really putting on? See, it's on the screen, right? Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So that's why you got to understand when God said put on the armor of light, he talking about putting on Christ. And a lot of people think they have him on already. If he's on, you are not seen. See, if I came in here right now and I got me one of those uh, suits that I can step inside and zip all the way up to the head, suit, you won't see me no more. Wonder why? I'm in the suit. Ain't that right? And whatever my design of my suit is, is what you really see. But you don't see me. But I'm in the suit. So I'm in Christ. So you don't supposed to see me. Because I have on, watch this, the whole armor of God. And it covers me from my head to my feet. Do you realize what God was telling you when he said put on the whole armor of God? The heaven of salvation, the your feet shy with the preparation of God. He was telling you how to be, make sure you're fully protected in Christ. All right. Now watch what he's going to say. Ephesians chapter 6, we back. In verse 11, he told me why I need to put this on. Ephesians 6 and 11 says, put on the whole arm of God, put on Christ, right? That you may be able to stand. Jesus says, a house, a city, a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. See, once you put on Christ, you become one in Christ. You do know that, right? All right. You become joined to the Lord. Once you put on Christ. And he that's joined to the Lord. Let me show you that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 verse 17. I'm just quoting scriptures here. I got to show you. 1 Corinthians 6 17. That way y'all know at least pastor know what he's talking about. Just quoting them scriptures up there. 1 Corinthians 6 17. Told you that. But he that is joined to the Lord. Is one spirit. So once you put on Christ, you become joined to Christ. Now you and Christ is one. Everything now operates by his word. You can't go by what you think no more. When you go by what you think, you're trying to run the house. This is what I'll do if I were you. You're going by what you think. You're giving it a mess of life up. You got to go by the word because it's not you that live no more. Hello. And I'm getting ready to show you what happened to you. Just a moment. It's that family, my brother. Then it says in verse number uh, 11 again, put on the whole arm of God, Ephesians 6, 11. We going back there. Put on the whole arm of God, Ephesians 6, 11 that you may be able to stand against the wild tricks, strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that you may be able to withstand. Number one, you got to be able to stand. Number two, you got to be able to withstand. In the evil day. 
and having done all to stand. I, it sounds like he's telling you to stand. Verse 14, stand. <laughs> what is he talking about? Standing, right? So the enemy don't want you to do one word. What? Stand. That's why you put on Christ so you can stand. You can stand up to anything. All right. So he says, stand therefore having your loins good about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, and above all, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the five dots of the wicked. So you got to do all that so you'll be able to stand. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then you got to develop a prayer life, which I keep telling you, that's a part of your daily life. Praying. Always, with all prayers and supplication, to entreat, to seek honestly by prayer while you worship. You're going to have to learn how to pray and worship. See, it's one thing to live for the Lord, but that's, that's worship, but you got to learn how to pray. Can't be no more now letting me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to take. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord, I, back to me again, take my soul. Forget this other fellow over here. And you got to learn how to pray for others. And for me, that utterance may be given. See? And pray for me. So you got to learn how to pray for yourself, but you got to learn how to pray for others. All right? Now, now let's move right along, because I got to get to my message today. Believe me, I got a lot of word here. I got to get there. Now, what I want you to do is, I want to go to Roman chapter number six. Now, the reason I'm going to Romans chapter number six, because I got so much word here, I got to get this over to you. Before I start Romans six, put down here, we must die to sin and the love. So when I teach you Romans chapter 6, what am I teaching you? So you need to put in your little pretty Bible, Romans chapter 6 is, I got to die to sin. What Romans chapter 6? I got to die to sin. What Romans chapter 7? I got to die to the law. Now you got to get these two and both got to happen in your life because if, you if you don't do both of them, they're not going to work. If you go into a ministry that's still putting bread on the table, Water baptizing, feet washing. Listen, you are still under the law. The power of sin will not die. Because law gives sins its power. All right, here we go. Roman, we, we must die to sin and the law. I'm going to give you those right now. Now, I gave you Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Let's go back there to that, the first one. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. I'm showing you one thing right now. We must die to sin and the law. And then I'm going to get in my message. We're going to go back to Romans chapter 6 after that. Romans 8 and 2. King James Version. We're going to stay right there for a moment. Verse 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from what? 
the law of sin and death. And that's why we wanted to make sure, ask the question, how Christ made us free from sin and death. And the way he made us free from sin and death, he had to take the cross. That's the only way he could have done it. Had to be by the cross. All right. Now, in Romans 7, 4 and 6. Now, we're going to go back and do Romans 6 and 7, the complete thing, but I'm just giving you something. Romans chapter 7 and verse 4. I'm going to start verse 3. Start Romans 7 and 3. Now, the reason why I'm giving you this is when I do a wedding, this is what I look at. I didn't tell you this, but we have some newlyweds in here since we, since we all had this uh, thing last year. Would, would you stand right here? This, is, this couple here got married. It, I, I don't want to embarrass you here. All right. Mr. and Mrs. What, what is Brother, Brother Ross? Well, that's Mr. and Mrs. Ross now. Give him a big hand, would you? I, I, you know, I never had a chance to introduce. We, have, we got newlyweds in here. Uh, from the 2020 year. See, people still getting married. We got one, one man behind the scene back there. His name is Gary Washington. Give him a big hand there. Maybe he can come to the door, camera can get him or something. All right, don't let me miss out on somebody. Uh, I, 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 want, I want you to go to my office and get a plastic bag off my desk. Give her your. Do we have any more noodleways in here that I miss it? Oh, I'm sorry. Our newest pricer, brother and sister also. That's another noodleway. Come on, stand up on your feet. Give him a big hand there. Give him a big hand there. That's another noodleway. Who was that? Yes. Fair and law. You know the praisers? They got married. So in case you didn't know that. Now I'm doing, I'm doing this because if you're a singer guy and you're looking at any of these ladies. That's right. Brother, sister Miller. Larry Miller and his wife. They got married again. Thank God for that. So we, I, we had, we've been having weddings, man. We got some old folk that got married. I don't think they know. Huh? O'Keel. O'Keel Miller. Uh, Marie Williams' son. There you go. Yeah, they got another baby there, the grandbaby. You just, her and Brady, you're just something, ain't they? Grandpa, grandma. All right. We just want to recognize we want to recognize some of our, our, our newlyweds there. Okay? All right. I'm letting y'all know we were doing something during the pandemic. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. I got I to gotta, I gotta do something. That's why I'm taking a little time. You see, you see that young man right there with, with uh, the princess? That's, 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 that's who I call the princess. So have you ever heard me call the princess and the king? That, that's right there. Hand that to him. Yeah, that's my, that's, uh, let's, let's, let's thank God. He just had his birthday too. Yeah. We just had, sister, we just had Sister Judy there Saturday, yesterday. Yeah. Amen. Brother Gene was a tent there. 
All right. You got something that's coming, but that's for right now. All right. All right. Now, let's get into this word. Uh, we're in Romans 7, 4, and 6, right? But we're going to start verse 3. Now, this is a, when I talk about marriage. This is what I do. Now, I get I gets counsel. I give counsel. And when people say to me, Pastor, it's a hard thing. Now, I pray for if I know about you in this ministry and you have lost your husband or wife, you're on my prayer list. Because I have to pray for you. It's one of the toughest things it is to lose a wife and a husband. You got to go on. But I pray for you. You're on my list. So you, you, so you got to understand, being a pastor covers a lot of areas. And this is one of the things that God showed me in Romans chapter 7, verse 4. Start verse 3. He says, so if then while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she become an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulterer, though she be married to another man. So otherwise, when a woman become married to another man, it's because her husband is dead. Now, he's teaching you, teaching the, the Jewish believer why they need Christ. And, and, and he have to use it as a husband and a wife, like he did in Ephesians, that they can get married to Christ, but they got to divorce Adam. And then he said to them, Adam is dead. See, if you remember when, when, when Moses died, they replaced Moses with Joshua. And that's what God said to Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Anybody remember that? Now rise and let's go over this Jordan. And so you got to understand something. Moses took the place of, I mean, said Joshua took the place of Moses. In the new covenant, Paul followed Jesus, just like Joshua followed Moses, Paul followed Jesus. Let me say it this way. Moses' responsibility was to bring them to the land, make sure that they were delivered out of Egypt, bring them to the land, show it to them, and then leave. He was done. His ministry was not to take them into the land. That was Joshua's responsibility. So if you look at the new covenant, Jesus paid it all. His ministry was not to take you into the promises of God, but to make sure you had them. That's why I gave you Romans 15 and 8 this morning. He confirmed the promises made to the fathers. So he died for everything, buried and raised again from the dead. Made sure you had everything. And then he left. Then he turned it over to the apostle Paul and make sure you get everything like he did with Joshua. So that's what Paul teaches you about how to receive your inheritance. That's why you have to know what your ministry is about. All right. Now, in Romans chapter number seven, verse four, in verse four says, Wherefore, my brothers, you are become dead to the law. Now, you got to see what he's telling you. You cannot marry Christ until you're dead to the law. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Remember, he said, if the woman remarried and her husband died, then she become an adulteress. Watch this. Wherefore, my brothers, you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Now, what does he mean, dead to the law by the body of Christ? When you are joined to the Lord, remember I gave you that verse first? That was the reason. 
1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So what did God do? God joined me to the Lord. And when I was joined to the Lord, I became one spirit with him. My soul became one with Christ. All right. In verse number four, wherefore, my brothers, you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. How long, how long have you been married? You. God Almighty. Four years already? He must be getting up in age, girl. My Lord. Seemed like just yesterday. All right. Now, in Romans chapter 7, in verse 4, they say you're dead to the law. Now, now you know why we don't eat the bread for table no more. Why we don't water baptize no more. For why don't we don't wash feet no more? Because we're dead to that. Now, I ask you a question. What does it mean to be dead to something? Now, that's what I need you to know. Are you learning from what I'm teaching? What does it mean to be dead to? Say a lot. Have no more desire. So once I'm dead to something, I have no more desire for that. So if I'm dead to the law, why am I still doing the bread on the table? If I'm dead to the law, why am I still water baptized? If I'm dead to the law, why am I still feet washing? I have no more desire for that. So if you're sitting up in this church, and because I'm not doing this, and you still have a desire, you got to ask yourself, are you dead to that? Right? Because if you're dead to something, you have no, that is so powerful, you have no more desire. Do you know in the Old Covenant, one of the commandments in the Old Covenant is thou shalt not covet? That was one of the commandments. Thou shalt not covet. In the New Covenant, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14, when Paul is teaching on you the gifts of the Spirit, he said, covet earnestly the best gift. Isn't that something? Told you to covet, desire, desire, honestly, the best gift. But in the old covenant, you was not to covet anything of thy neighbor. Don't covet. That's what that was about. All right, now let's go on. In verse number five, verse four said, told you why you had to be dead to the law by the body of Christ. So when you join to Christ, how you become dead to the law? That you should be married to another. Let me put it another way. When I married Sister Crump, I became dead to all the other women. How did I do it? By the body of Sister Crump. Because I had joined myself to the body of Sister Crump. So when you get married, you join yourself to that person. So now you become dead to the other women. Y'all shaking your head, but y'all do know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. You are not to desire them no more. Okay. That means you don't probably be up looking through old pictures. All right. My pastor would say, amen, lights. I could never believe why he kept on saying, amen, lights. 
All right. You're dead to the law by the body of Christ. Because I'm married to Sister Crump, I'm dead to other women. That's what it means. And that, that you should be married to another, even to him that is raised from the dead. Now you can bring forth fruit to God. See, you cannot bring forth fruit to God until you're dead to the law. So when God said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue, and have dominion, you can't do it if you ain't dead to the law. You got to be dead to the law so you can be fruitful to God. And people don't realize, if I keep doing this in here, the people will not be fruitful. They will not bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. All right. All right, now, in Romans chapter 7, I, I told you I'm going to give you two verses, didn't I? Did I say 4 and 5? Four and six. But I'm going to go do five and get to six. Here we go. Verse five says, for we were dead in the flesh. For when we were dead. When we were dead in the flesh. For when we were in the flesh. For when we were in the flesh. That means you're not in the flesh no more. The motions of sins. That word motion are passions. The passion or lust of sins, which were by the law. Now, he's telling you what's going on in, inside of you. He's telling you why in the world people in the church is lusting for sin. Because you, listen to me now, because you are keeping the law in the church, pastor. The law caused the people to lust for sin. Let me read it again. I, I need you to listen to me. I'm trying to get something over to you here. It said, verse 5, when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins with us, which were by the law. See, the motions of sin was by the law. Did work in our members to bring forth fruit to death. So you saw the stuff people, that's what Paul was telling you. If you try to keep this law, you can't stop sinning. Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. So God gave them the law to show them how sinful they were. And they gave them a law, and when he gave them a law, they could not stop sinning. So that's why you have to be delivered from chapter 6 and chapter 7 together. Because you leave the law there, the law going to make sin revive. The law gives sin its power. See, this is some awesome stuff. You just get it. In verse 6, but now, but now, I'm going to read this out of NLT when I finish. Verse 4, 5, 6. Verse 6 says, but now we are delivered from the law. So why did Pastor remove the table? To deliver us from the law. Why did he, why we don't, we never did that, but why we didn't wash feet? Why do we start water baptizing? See, my responsibility, see, under Paul ministry, they came to Paul and they says, oh, what about water baptism? And I'm going to show you that. You can write that down. 1 Corinthians 1 17. I get that just a moment. Let me do this first and then do like the King James uh, NLT. Then I go to 1 Corinthians 1 17. But watch what Paul says here. 
he said, but, we, but now we deliver from the law. And since we deliver from the law, that being dead where we, we were held, we were held by the law. We was in bondage by the law. We were held in captivity because of the law. That we should serve now, we can serve now in the newness of the spirit. And we are, and not in the oldness of the letter. Now, let's read those same three scriptures out of the NLT. For those who don't know what the NLT is, it's called the New Living Translation that we have in the storehouse. All right, Romans chapter number seven. See, this is, this is really going to bless you. These, this book, these books here, when you really know them. Whew. All right, Romans chapter seven and an NLT verse number four. I'm sorry, verse three. I'm sorry, verse three. Let's go to verse one, back into verse one. Since the come spirit came on me then. Romans 7, 1. In Romans 7, 1, NLT. Somebody said we're no longer bound to the law. Now that ought to be in your NLT Bible. Anybody see that they hit it? No longer bound, you see it? You're no longer bound to the law. Romans 7, 1 said, now dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, you don't know that the law applies only while a person is living. So that's why I teach my wife that if I go before her, don't put yourself in no bundles. But give yourself a few days of weeping and, you know. You know, you know getting, getting rid of the stuff you got to get rid of. But I mean, don't, don't be no two or three years and there you are still moaning and groaning over me. I'm gone. You need to get yourself a new life. And this is what happened with, with women when their husband died. They still want to be faithful to their husband. Your husband gone. How are you going to be faithful to a man that's already gone? Your husband died. When your husband died, he freed you from the covenant of marriage. You're not under that covenant no more. See, this is what they tell you. If you understand this, that's what happened to Israel. When God gave them Christ, he freed them from the law. They were no longer married to Moses. So they didn't have to do what Moses said no more. Moses said. Got it? Once your, once, once your husband die, you don't have to do what he said. Because he gone. You, got, you need to get, listen to me. I know you want to get, get this, but let me, other folk get it too. All right, watch this. All right, here we go. Verse two. For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he's alive. Not long you alive, as long as he's alive. When he gone, the covenant gone. So you don't have to keep that, that license up on the wall hung up there no more. You can take that down. That's who you used to be married to. Now, this is one of the hardest things. This is why I take time and preach this, because this is one of the hardest things that women, I'm saying women, but men happen, it happened to men too, for them to go on. Their husband died, their wife died, but they don't feel like they can have a relationship with someone else. You gotta start dating all over again. You gotta learn how to date. 
I said, date. To learn how to date all over again. And you know how it was when you first met somebody? It was only a date. You might got a phone call. You might got a kiss on the hand out the first year. You were dating. When I married my wife, I had to sleep in her daddy's living room. I just got married. He, he said, you're going to stay with us tonight. I said, what you mean? Yeah, sister, she know what I'm talking about. Eddie, make y'all, what, what, what brown it? Did y'all have to stay with Eddie the first night? Oh, you didn't have? <laughs> we had to stay with the, with your daddy the first night. He told me, no, you got to stay here the first night. I said, well, we going to stay here the first night. He said, yeah, you got, so they made us a bed in their living room. That's where we had to stay the first night. I married the oldest daughter. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, was, I was, had to do what he told me. So I stayed here the first night. Let's move on. For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he's alive. But if he dies, the law of marriage no longer applies to her. So while her husband is alive, she will be committing adultery if she married another man. If she married another man. But if, she, but if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So my brothers, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. See, that's why Christ's death and burial resurrection, burial and resurrection is so important. Because when we receive Christ, first we have to die with him. And so when we... So my brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, now you can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires was at work within us. Now that's what happened when you was under the law. And you got to understand something. On a law period. That's why if you don't get under in Christ, the law of marriage will rule you. People don't understand that. It's because you're under another law. You are, when you get married, you put yourself on another law with that man. And you can struggle in a marriage relationship because you won't submit yourself to Christ. See, if you submit yourself to Christ, he delivers you from the power of the law, even the law you were married under. No law, no sin, no death can control you anymore. Because you're in Christ. My wife and I learned how to live a marriage life because we were now in Christ. See, see to try to live a marriage life without Christ is hard because now you put yourself under a law called the law of marriage and you are not in Christ. Now you got a law trying to work and you can't work it. You're trying to be faithful to the covenant and you don't have the power over the law that you submitted yourself to. That's why you have to be in Christ. That's why when I marry people, that's why I ask them, make sure are you in Christ? Is he in Christ? Yeah, but we want to get back and ask you all that. We know you in Christ. 
Romans chapter 7. Is this good or what? That's right. All right, Romans chapter 7 verse 5 says, When we were controlled by our own nature, sinful desires was at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulted in death. But now, we have been released from the law. For we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. So now we go to, I got to give you these first before I can go to Romans chapter 6. See all this good, that's all this stuff you got coming. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2 verse 19. Galatians 2.19, Galatians 5.18. We're going to Galatia. Galatians 2.19 to 5.18. So that's why so many people hard to, to, to keep a marriage because for your marriage law to work between two people, it must be submitted to the law of the spirit. Do everybody hear what I'm saying? All right, because the Bible says, Marriage is of the Lord. So when you want to get married, this is a God thing. So what we do is we want to get married to the guy, but we don't want the Lord. And we want the marriage to work. How many hear what I'm saying? I want the marriage to work, but I don't want Christ. See, that's why he says when you put on the whole arm of God so you can be able to stand and withstand all the evil works of the enemy. So the enemy will attack your merit because you don't want Christ. And you don't have the power to defend yourself. So if you would put on Christ both of you are in Christ. See, this is what happened to Adam and Eve. The exact same thing happened to Adam and Eve. You didn't see nothing happen to Adam and Eve until they ate of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. When they ate of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the enemy destroyed their relationship. Attacked, let me put it that way. Their relationship. They both got put out the garden. Because their married life could not succeed without him. Do, do, do everything, do we understand that? Yeah. So my wife and I, we had to learn, you talk about 52 years. How do y'all get married for 52 years, Pastor? We stayed married. Our marriage was on the rocks, just like vodka. <laughs> so I've talked some kind of way y'all can understand. Our marriage on the rock. My marriage lights was in my trunk, waiting to be signed. Yeah, divorce papers. We were, we were done. We got right out to the courthouse. I know this was God. And we went to the courthouse and we were sitting down, John, at the table, getting ready to sign the paper. Am I lying, Miss Crook? And the man, the man, while we were sitting there, he said, y'all come to get you, sign your divorce papers? He said, yes, sir. Uh, he said, you want a divorce? Y'all want to give up y'all relationship? I said, she wanted. I'm going to give what she wanted. That's what I said to her. 
That's what she wants. And God know is my witness. The phone rang for that man, didn't it sting? Yeah, it did. On his sting, Mrs. Crump, I'm sorry, we call her. But the, but the phone rang, and somebody came to the desk and says, you got a phone call. He said, hold on, I'll be right back. The man left, went answer his phone. While he was leaving, me and Sister Crump sitting there talking. So when he came back around there, we were talking and laughing. Because we, we always joke and laugh with one another. We're brothers and sisters. And he looked at her and said, y'all don't want a divorce. I said, she wanted it. I'm just giving her what she wanted. <laughs> and then I tell him. And he said, y'all don't want a divorce. I tell you what y'all do. I want y'all to work on y'all marriage. And then I want y'all to come back in a, some certain time he gave us. And if it don't work, come back. We had never had a problem with our marriage no more. Didn't that right? <laughs> me and my wife, me and my wife, this is what I said to my wife. This is what I said. I, God's my witness. I said to my wife, we're not going to do no more your way or my way. I said, from now on, it's going to be God's way. Everything we do from now on is going to be God's way. Do you understand? Well, I understand. I said, that's it. I said, we're going to do it God's way. And once we started doing it God's way, never had a problem again. That God did not fix it. Never. The Lord, the Lord blesses us today in our marriage relationship. I don't think nobody, and I'm not putting down nobody, I don't think nobody have any better relationship than me and my wife. Me and my wife are setting the example of how to be married and why. Now, I know Sister Teresa right there, but Sister Marie right behind there. And uh, they both married to we, we, three sisters. We, we call them the three sisters. See? We the three brother-in-laws. But anyway, let's move on. Romans chapter number seven. But I tell you, I'm going to Galatians. Let me go to Galatians 2.19 and 5.18. Galatians 2.19. I just wanted to share that with you because, like I said, we found out that it wouldn't work. See, marriage is a mystery. <laughs> It's not going to work without Christ. Ecclesiastes 4.12, the wife says, uh, do I do that? Okay, King James. Ecclesiastes 4.12 first back there. Uh, pastor has spoken. Ecclesiastes 4.12. My wife always tells me, don't call me no pastor. I say, you are. That's who I'm calling you. I call him like I see him. Ecclesiastes 412. Here we go. Now this was the book that Solomon wrote. And he gave himself to, to everything. But watch what he's going to say. Ecclesiastes 412 on the screen. If one prevail against him, Two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, what does it mean by the threefold cord? That means you, your wife, and Christ. Right. A threefold cord is not easily broken. So what happens if you put two cords together? 
you're just going to get a twist. You know about braiding, right? You put two together, what you going to get? A twist. You can't put no three, two cords together. You can only twist them together. And storms of life going to take them loose. But if you put a third string, can you see? If you put a third string together and put the two wrapped around the one, if one would hold the two together, that's what we have to learn. Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 19. Watch what Paul says. For I, through the law, am dead to the law. I'm showing you he had to become dead to the law. Now, I'm not done, I haven't done dead to sin yet. That'll be next time. I, through the law, am dead to the law. Why you had to become dead to the law? That I might live unto God. So you can't live for God. You, if you're going to have the law in the church, putting the table here with the bread and serving the people, or washing feet, or baptizing, if you're going to lie them stuff in the church, that's the law. And if you don't become dead to that, you'll cause the people to sin in the church. You'll cause them to lust. In the church, let me put it that way. Because Paul said, I did not know lust unless the law said, thou shalt not covet. He said, so the law taught me how to lust. Because when I try not to do it, that's when, I, that's when I find myself doing it. So God gave Adam a law. And guess what happened when he gave him that law? He said, thou shalt not eat of the tree of neither good and evil. What did Adam do? The law always calls you to do what you said you was not going to do. Galatians chapter number 2, verse number 19. And verse 20, while we're there, say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he said this, I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Galatians 5, 18. Paul starts that chapter off, stand fast, Galatians 5, 1. And then we go to 18. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. See, that's the only way you can get free. Christ had to make you free. See, people think it's happening because they had to confess and they had to believe it down hard, but that's not how you got free. Christ made you free right up there on that cross. Stand fast in the liberty where Christ has, 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 2,000 years ago, made us free. And be not entangled to the yoke of abundance. That's the law. Don't be entangled again to the yoke of bondage. Paul says, if you be baptized, I'm saying circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Verse 18, we done. Galatians 5, 18. Stop in verse 16. Stop verse 16. Galatians 5, 16 through 18. For this I say, walk in the spirit. He tell you how to get it done. Walk in the spirit. Walk by faith. Walk in love with one another. Walk in the spirit. Watch what he says. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
If you don't have the spirit in your relationship, then the lust is going to work. And people do not understand that spiritual principle. You cannot stop a, a wife or husband from lusting with no Christ. You don't have the power to stop the lust. So when somebody said, I think I want to get married. You say, are you saved? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're not saved, I ain't going through that hell. Watch what it said next verse. Galatians chapter 5 told you, the next verse, verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. If you save and that person I say, there's going to be some spiritual battles going on here. The flesh lusts against the spirit. You want to do one thing, the flesh want to do something else. And the spirit is going to be lust against the flesh. These are contrary one to another. So you cannot do the thing that you would. We're going to church this morning. I ain't going to no church. We're going out with the Lord. Now we're going, we going to give out. That, that, lust against, that flesh that lust against the spirit. So when you get married without Christ, that's what you got. So that you cannot do the thing that you would, spirit man. But if you've been led of the spirit, you are not on the law. If you're led on the spirit, you are not under the law. The law will not work if Christ is in your relationship. Man, let me get over here. Woo. It's hot up in here today. Somebody get a Lord a big hand. Look, you need Christ. Let me speak to those people who have lost loved ones. If you have lost a loved one and you was married to them in Christ, the law says you're free. You're dead to that law. You can now start dating again. Meet somebody, remember, in Christ, because you don't want to be joined to somebody in the flesh and you in the spirit. Then there's going to be war between you two. You want to do what the flesh wants. He want to do what the spirit wants. Both of you got to make sure you're in Christ. Receive him right now. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. God raised him from the dead. Receive him right now. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.